like there's one thing where he's wearing like a three piece like um linen set that's like from Banana Republic that very much looks like something the guy from the Jurassic Park would wear. Like <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Harmon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I am Spencer Williams. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Spencer. How's it going? It's going. I'm feeling very holy after all the great television we've been watching this past, for me, few months. <laughs> I bet you are. I am as well. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, oh my gosh. I have an announcement. Oh, we have some very important business to take care of before we get into this week's oh assignment or okay. podcast <laughs> assignment. Sorry, my head's still <laughs> melted. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, we came back from break and we talked about mm-hmm. Mama Mia, right? Yeah. And what was like the most important question that we asked our audience? Who's the baby daddy? Who is the baby daddy? Well, the Art of Costume podcast audience was very loud about this and <gasps> that's exciting we have some more <laughs> we have some answers here are you ready to talk about this and put this to bed forever i am so ready elizabeth are you ready to find out who the father is <laughs> i can't with this <laughs> <laughs> Maury picture. so whenever i was sick from school i used to always watch the maury show or jerry springer so this is like kind of a moment i've been living for my entire life i'm ready <laughs> are you ready for your maury moment <laughs> okay the results are in elizabeth mm-hmm. in the case of 20 year old sophie <laughs> harry is not the father <laughs> Not a shocker there. Not a shocker, but seven people did vote for Harry. So, which actually jumped up toward the end. It was one for the longest time. I get it. I would want Harry to be my dad of the three, (laughs) quite frankly. (laughs) Well, Harry didn't do the job, though. (laughs) But now to find out who the real father is with one more vote than the other person. So perhaps we don't have some conclusive results. (laughs) In the case of 20-year-old Sophie, Sam is the father with 15 votes compared to Bill's 14 votes. Dang, people really think it's Sam. And it would have been tied, but I took away one Elizabeth Joy Glasses vote, by the way. I saw her sneak that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there was a poll. I just clicked... But my conscience told me to. (laughs) Uh, Some audience responses. One person on TikTok who goes by the username of Ebe says, I asked the question, who do you believe the the baby daddy is? And they said, of the blonde ass child that has to be Bill. (laughs) Yes. That's part of what I'm saying. His aunt gave them the, the. Yeah. And then another person, Madison Calvert, said, I don't know. Thinking about the timeline, uh, Donna was with Bill uh, most recently, so it could have been him if we're considering time, which I think that is, you know, pretty logical. Yeah. So the Bill fans are a little bit more elaborate in their responses. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. And then another person, just to talk about the costumes, 
Uh, they said that the Don and the Dynamo costumes were also their one costume ruled them all. They feel that they are gorgeous and they introduce the out of this world magical feel of the movie. Love the podcast. So yes. lots of great responses for the Mamma Mia episode. Yay. <laughs> but that being said, I don't feel like we've come to really understand who the true baby daddy no. is. We're just still torn. No. And I feel like it's a question that will never get answered unless Sophie has a medical emergency in the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if we ever do Mamma Mia 2 on a podcast, we'll have to revisit this. But for now, I don't know. Just, I guess, just live with it. Like, if I was Sophie, I'd be like, I totally want all three of you in my life. But, like, can we just, like, have a DNA test on file in case anything <laughs> serious happens? What we do know is, is not Harry. So. No. That we're, at least we're making the pool from three to two. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. <laughs> with that being oh, said. Oh, man. Elizabeth, we have a fun episode. What did we watch this week? Oh, talk about a situation where the baby daddy is not in question. <laughs> this <laughs> week we watched Righteous Gemstones. Uh, this is my new favorite show. I am watching the show. I, I'm so good. We're getting ready to talk about this show and listen to an interview. I did that interview a while ago now, and I've rewatched the show so many times since then. It's just. It's my new comfort show. It's so funny. It's it has so, funny. so much heart to it. And the costumes are just chef's kiss. It was so hilarious. Like, like can't I can't describe how funny I found this show. <laughs> Do you, I was just wondering, is it funnier to you because you're a little bit more religious compared to like myself? Oh, oh yeah. Like, so I kind of grew up while like mega churches were like becoming a really big thing mm -hmm. and like kind of like the end of like purity culture and evangelicalism. So like I kind of like saw <laughs> where they were coming from like as I was growing up. I like the church I was in, it was Baptist. Yeah. But it was a little it was a little more non-denominational than Baptist. Um so like I didn't get like the craziness that they experienced, <laughs> but I was watching this and I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen people like this. Like I know people like this. <laughs> like, it's it's, so it was funny. wild. So funny. All the characters are great. Do you have a favorite character? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it's probably Keith. Oh yeah. <laughs> Keith. I mean, Keith is just, he's uh, everything. And um, Keith and Kelvin, they're my favorite characters, especially because like Kelvin is just like the quintessential like youth minister. <laughs> too too like, close to home. <laughs> like, no, literally, like my youth pastor was a lot like this. Um, he was like a little older and like had a family, was a little more mature. Right. <laughs> But like very much like I just want to teach you a little bit about the Bible and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Go to trampoline parks and stuff. It's it's so literally much. like because we would have like the fall retreat every year and we went to this. You would go to like a, a big like camp and like every year we would have one of those like big like just like. Oh, I forget what it's called, but like it's like a big inflatable on the lake and like one person sits on the end, the other person jumps and you're like launched into the air. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was like his favorite thing to do. <laughs> well, my favorite character is baby Billy Freeman. I think he is Stop. so hilarious. And every time he comes on screen, I'm just so excited. His musical numbers are everything. Yeah. He just gives me so much life. I, I'll be honest. Baby Billy, he lost. I lost a lot of respect for him in season two. But um, <laughs> why? What he did never, he do? Leave his kid at a mall? <laughs> uh, le left his kid at a mall. <laughs> left his pregnant wife by saying, "I'm gonna go get you Funyuns," and never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Funyuns. <laughs> and, oh gosh! Yeah. Well, let's dive into this. Why don't you start us off with a summary? All right. The Righteous Gemstones follows a world-famous televangelist family with a long tradition of 
deviance, greed, and charitable work <laughs> in, the, in the wake of their father's semi-retirement, Jesse, Judy, and Kelvin must deal with dwindling attendance and donations. Eli is visited by a, another figure from his past. Yeah, Eli and those random figures showing up every season. He needs to cut I some know. people off on Facebook or something. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the militia was so funny. Oh, so the militia funny. was so funny. Well, let's go behind the costumes before we talk about the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this se- series was created by Danny McBride, who also plays Jesse. He has a yes. very large role in this. And we have costume designers Sarah Trost, who did season one and two. And Christina Flannery, who did season three. Uh, you want to know Sarah from her work on AP Bio, Vice Principals. And she was also a contestant on Project Runway Season 8, which I did not know until recently. Uh, I don't think we've had a costume designer slash Project Runway contestant, so love that. And Season 3, the costumes were designed by Christina Flannery, who did the Chai Fresh and players. And I have gone to know each of these designers individually. And they are two of the coolest costume designers in the game. We'll talk about Christina a little bit because we do. She will be joining us in the studio shortly. Uh, But randomly, just a few weeks ago, I went to a event uh, for Mitchell Traverse and ran into Sarah at the bar. And it was love at first sight. I talked about... (laughs) the righteous gemstones with her all night long over multiple drinks and she's (gasps) just i'm obsessed with her that's (laughs) amazing oh my gosh so cool so funny and then christina flannery doing this interview with her she is just so amazing so cool and has so many great insights into the costumes and the development of these characters uh, so with that being said, I'm we're actually going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to play my interview with Christina Flannery all about season three of The Righteous Gemstones. After that interview, Elizabeth and I will come back and play our favorite game. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. I am so excited to introduce costume designer season three of the Righteous Gemstones, costume designer Christina Flannery. Hey, Christina. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been basically binging the show every hour of every day and I'm obsessed and I've just been dying to talk to you so I'm so ready I love that thank you (laughs) well to begin I'd love to know a little bit more about you where are you from and why costume design I feel like I didn't choose the wardrobe life it chose me it was kind of like ever since I was young I started working in like thrift stores and stuff like that and then I transitioned into I've always been kind of one of those people that's like I can do it too so right. um I transitioned I worked in like buy sell trade stores like buffalo exchange type things vintage shops and then I opened up my own store in New Orleans and oh. I did that for a while and then of course you know there's a huge film industry there mm-hmm. so I was like tinkering in, like helping, like basically helping people shop within my store to get clothes for like Dallas Buyers Club and um, other films that would come in. And then I would start peeing a little bit. And then basically I started peeing and it was a pretty quick run because I, again, am very like driven. So I was like, I want to be a designer. I want to do all, I want to do all this. And at the time I'd been styling my own personal projects for probably 10 years at that point. 
Um, so it was just kind of like a nice like transition. Obviously, it takes a long time. It's not something that happened overnight, but um, New Orleans is kind of where I got my my start. And then I just kept, you know, pushing and pushing. And, you know, here I am 10 years later. I've been designing for about 10 years now. Wow. Okay. So it was a kind of a natural progression for you. Definitely. It was. was, I mean, it was just like, I've always dealt with vintage clothing and that's why I feel like most of my work heavily leans period um, or like hyper stylized because it's just kind of like in my forte. Like I hate, I will rather die than do like t-shirt and jeans. (laughs) I'm lucky I don't get those jobs. So it's like, you know, like, I'm like, oh, why can't I have that job? It's like, well, they want to hire you because you're doing a monster costume, not because you're doing like a t-shirt and jean campaign for Gap, you know, so. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I cannot think of a better project to talk about then than season three of The Righteous Gemstone. So let's get into it. Uh, so getting into season three, you were new to the show. What kind of research and preparation did you go through getting into the series? So, um, I am a huge fan of the show and I am a huge fan of Danny McBride. I've watched, you know, these bound and down, basically anything that films he's ever been in. He's definitely like, he's a genius. He's a genius. (laughs) He is my kind of humor. I mean, I just, I'm like potty humor. Like, you know, I'm just like here for it. So uh, I know Sarah, um, she designed the season one and two, and I've always been a fan of the show. So it was kind of like, you know, chatting with her a little bit when I was getting going um, and just watching the show as a fan. And then um, generally when you meet on a show, you're like, can I have the first episode or can I have the script? Blah, 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 blah. Um, And they had nothing. So it was like, just watch the show and kind of like put together that plus like Y2K references. And I'm like, well totally gotcha. I love the show and I watch every single moment of it. So um, I had told my agent before I even got the interview, I was like, I really want to work on a show like the Rangers Gemstones. And about like two weeks later, they had had a meeting for me on it. So it was really cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was perfect. So I felt <laughs> like it's it was a natural, you know, it's I'm from the South. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable in like religious stuff, but I'm also very intrigued by hyper stylized and like pushing like the comedy aspect. I work with a director called Ian Pons Jewel uh, in a lot of, you know, he's a really incredible commercial director that I've been like all over, you know, different countries and different places working with him. And it was like a nice, um, it's just kind of my forte. Like it was just very much like, this is my world. And it was like, ah, my world is finally coming together. Right. (laughs) And when it comes to the costuming, how much is built versus shopped for this series? Um, I would say we built, like, I mean, the thing is, is most characters have something that's built, I believe, this season in a certain way. But, you know, it's, it's hard to say with Gemstones because Gemstones is one of the biggest, I would say just in general shows with background and stuff like that and all the different pockets of storylines that are going on that I personally ever watched in general. And mm-hmm. like going into that, you're not like, you're like, okay, this is a beast. But then you're like, when you're in it, you're like, holy shit, this is a huge beast because you've got <laughs> like, you know, doomsday preppers and you've got the, just the actual yeah. church, which is like hundreds of people. Yeah. It's called a mega church for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I would percentage wise, it's hard to say because it's not that much percentage wise, but it's like what we did build. Like, for example, those cape and pistol robes, I think we made like 180 of those, and those are so custom. So there's a minimal amount, but it's a massive effect. So, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to dive into the gemstones and their own personal styles. Like you said, you know, it's, they are very over the top in their everyday wardrobes. And I'd say this season, they're a little bit more elevated, too, now that they're coming into their own as leaders of the church. Yeah. So let's start with Jesse, played by the brilliant Danny McBride. Uh, how would you describe Jesse's style? And what was it like collaborating with Danny, who is also the creator, a producer, a writer, sometimes director, all the things? Uh, King. Uh, he, he is the king. Um, so yeah. I'll start with collaborating with Danny. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's like, even from the very beginning, I had my interview with him and I was like, Danny, can I please, I, I feel like I have a very, it's my personality is very like, well, so it was like, when I, I was on the phone with Danny and we're chatting and I'm like, dude, can we do Jinkos? And he was like cackling, laughing. I had like an 11 minute interview with him. So it was literally like two just people broing down. So <laughs> it was like, it was really fun and great. And um, 
just in general, as a whole, throughout the whole series, Danny is the most supportive. I cannot literally say I am like praise. Like he is the best showrunner I've ever worked with. He is so thoughtful, so like communicative and like very involved and he's dedicated. I don't even know how the man, he's a superhuman. I don't know how he is able to like juggle all he does. And he responds so quickly to every question you have. And he's so thorough. Um, so working with him was amazing. He basically, my I, I like to say this, my friend, uh, he he's the um, producer for Liquid Death. And he's, because uh, I work with them a lot and they're weird shit that they do. He's <laughs> right. like, you know, this is just like when you let Christina off the chain and give her some money and like Righteous Gemstone season three is what happened. So it was <laughs> Danny like just unleashed me, gave me money and like creative freedom and pushed me. And, you know, I was able to have an incredible crew to really like go mental. So I would say, honestly, if more people could like could be like Danny and like I, it's just like I am so fortunate and I wish that people could like literally go to the school of Danny McBride to to know how to be filmmakers and showrunners, you know? Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then tell me about Jesse's style this season. He definitely is coming into his own as the leader as yeah. the ch- of the church. Yeah, so I pushed a lot of his wardrobe again. Like on the left, you'll see that is a Dolce & Gabbana uh, three-piece suit, which um, we even added like paneling, or excuse me, uh, the piping to the the vest even accentuated more. So pushing him up, like I think the top is Prada. um, And he... Also very much looks incredible in a jacket, like a good leather jacket. So bless his heart, he wore jackets in like 100 degree weather with like 100 degree humidity because oh my gosh. he's not dedicated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely moments where he's like, I don't know about this silk Versace top. You know, I'm basically dying in it. And I'm like, Just can I, what can we do? To yeah, you're like, but Jesse would wear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is like, you know, with these guys, they're like the gemstones would not be cut dead in like fake or or like um, low end designer. Like, you know, it's like they are so wealthy that they have racks that are probably I would envision pushed into their spot with like design. I mean, that's what they all they care about is the image, you know, and doing that while, you know, making what's accessible to them in that region. And then also like they are all in a way stunted. So like, you know, bringing in the element of like designer, (laughs) but not like, you know, runway couture that's like tailored and all that. So, so it's a lot of like flashy stuff for him, Um, you know, belts, ties, accents, jewelry. um, And then, yeah, just kind of touching on that element of like Elvis and George Jones and like what we would see those people wearing if they were, alive today right (laughs) also like you know again with his wardrobe it's very like he was one of the ones where i like took like what sarah did and kind of like kept like in that pathway and like you know put my own twist on it but he's the one i would say out of the three that i didn't pivot so much right 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 yeah because at the end of the day he has his own style and it doesn't really change much because he's always kind of seen himself as a leader anyways i would say exactly and he's <laughs> and like you know unfortunately men's clothing we don't have as many oppor- opportunities as you do for say like judy and stuff like that it's like if it's don't, if it's not broke don't fix it kind of thing like it's right <laughs> short sleeve button fronts and just like adding that element of like i I mean, I think in this top picture, he's wearing a Prada top with an Hermes belt. Like, it's just those little touches like that, you know, if you have money, you would you would have. Right. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Kelvin. Now, Kelvin is always up to some sort of new venture. Uh, this season, Kelvin and Keith formed a smut busters to shut down local sex shops by buying out their inventory. So tell me about Kelvin's style this season, yeah. which is a lot different than last season. So... Yes, he, I would say it was one of the ones that made the biggest transition. Um, I wanted him to seem more like a hype priest and kind of lean into that world of like what you see on like TikTok for like youth pastors, which is like right. heads and things like that. 
Um, I did a lot of research and like basically made my own TikTok account so I could like, like just literally like suffocate myself in this like culture. <laughs> so like, I think even on my Instagram, I probably still have, you know, um, Hillsong and like just a lot of the little subreddits and subcultures of, um, of these people. So you're going to see like a lot of, uh, you know, Supreme, Off-White, uh, Givenchy, Gucci. Uh, I think this shirt is D squared. This blazer is D squared or sorry, no blazer up uh, vest is D squared. And I think the shirt underneath, gosh, I can't even remember what that one is, but that one is like, yikes. That's that was one I had to have, but my God, <laughs> that print on print. Oh, it's rough. And then for smartphones, <laughs> Um, Mutbusters was obviously written in the script and like, I think, you know, initially it was kind of like, keep it simple was the kind of thing that I was being told and keeping things simple doesn't, is really hard for me. So mm-hmm. I had some ideas and threw them around and basically landed on the Smutbusters, like with the Zubas. And then each individual character has like a different color sock that matches with the shoe or excuse me, matches with the shirt. And then each shoe, if you can actually see on that photo, my whole department, like we had like a like downtime and prep or something like that. And we just laid out all the Velcro shoes and everybody wrote and we've had like puffy paint pens and all that's that says little details like love Jesus, this, that. So <laughs> we had those touches. Um, and yeah, that one came together. And the real concept behind this is that it's it's a nod to like double dare so like mm. that's kind of like what that that splugy like yeah. <laughs> logo and stuff like that that was me and the production designer richard wright like kind of coming together and just being like double dare holy shit this is hilarious so <laughs> and it really landed you know i i think it's like it's so funny and it's really good to follow up with something like um the god squad from last season right i think kelvin is so funny i was talking about this with i think my dad last night because he's been staying with me and forcing him to watch righteous gemstones (laughs) and he loves it and we're talking about kevin i'm like i just don't understand him i think he's just like the youngest one he's trying to be cool and relate to you know the youth but then at the same time maybe he's taking on that same personality he's just he's such a fun interesting character (laughs) yeah I, i i love his character i think that he to me is like the most like the the most like kindest heart of the of the three like he has great intentions and like there's just like there's just something not quite right right <laughs> um, <and laughs> there's the whole keep element that like we're like let's go already we waited a few seasons like let's yeah so, come on let's like, let's go waiting for that to come out and who knows what will what he'll become um once he opens up those gates exactly uh so we have to talk about judy gemstone she is on top of her game this season or is she uh she's played by edie patterson and judy is really feeling herself as her career as a performer starts to take off um and like you kind of mentioned it earlier but i just love how you know they would never be caught dead in something that's you know basic and i kind of feel like judy is almost always in costume even when she's sneaking to go see her side man she's like in full disguise but it's a costume and i just love judy for it so talk about judy's uh, costumes this season yeah so judy is definitely um one of my faves obviously <laughs> um, and i loved working with her because she is just very much like get down on the ground with you this is where like we're talking about let's go through these ideas she was the one that was in for so many fittings because it was just like, it was such an enjoyable like experience to work with her. And like, she was so excited and I was so excited. So the whole idea was, you know, she's coming back from tour. She's thinking, you know, she's on top of the world. She's like having this affair and, you know, just like living in a delusion. So right. that was very much represented in the wardrobe from the first couple of episodes you see where she's just like, pushing this rock star like mentality and she's got a lot of flashy stuff, a lot of golds. And like, I put her in a lot of like, (laughs) don't fuck with me jackets and things like that. Like even at cousins night, she has this like really cool jacket that I was quite afraid to use. I kind of went back and forth on it because it was just this whole mentality of like, okay, this is, you know, a religious 
person, blah, blah, blah. But on the jacket, it was like naked ladies in silver. Yeah. And I was like, how can I, can I, can I do this? And Judy really was like, yeah, dude, but let's do it. And I was like, all right, all right, let's do it. <laughs> she's like teetering on her pop star era. Yeah. You know? She's like trying to resist it, but she can't fully. <laughs> yeah, she's like leading me into the lion's den. I'm like, okay, we're yeah. going to take a Here we go. Um, yeah, and I think with her, I wanted to bring in uh, something that I, that I changed this season versus the seasons before is I really wanted to bring pants into it. So... Um, you see her wearing a couple of pairs of pants in this season, like in the bottom left where she goes to see like the doomsday preppers. Um, I think that, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted like, I wanted it to be a little bit more, I don't know, like feminist, if you will. I wanted her to be kind of like, you know, like stepping into her own and like taking charge and like wearing the pants, if you will. Um, right. so yeah. And her wardrobe definitely represents like this rock and roll personality. I mean, you see her in like the scene where she's with Steven in the very beginning and she's wearing vintage Mugler, which is an incredible piece. And then we see her in like, say the top piece over here is Altazara with the Gucci belt. These are things that, you know, I could see her again, having a rack rolled in. There are some pretty great boutiques in Charleston um, that, uh, they do have some of these flashier pieces. So it's like, you know, they they would have access to a few of these kind of items. And, you know, maybe she is somebody that's like looking online and shipping stuff to her. So Judy, you know, as we transition through the season and we see her um, kind of like be found out that she is uh, cheating or whatever and BJ figures it out, I wanted to kind of show that through wardrobe that she was kind of going inward and she was becoming more like you know meek and embarrassed and shy so like that's the transition of the wardrobe where she starts to get in a little bit more of those feminine florals something you would see her actually wearing to like woman's night or to church um if she wasn't like this bad bitch that she like started the season of <laughs> such a brilliant character i'm obsessed with her uh so i want to talk about now each of the siblings has a partner um <laughs> and i love all of them especially keith and bj uh so let's talk about amber bj and keith uh bj has an incredible versace jacket i believe and Keith is just hilarious. I don't understand his, I don't think he understands his style, but it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> just like nothing ever, it's always fits a little too tight on him and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell me about the partners. So BJ had a glow up this season and that was written. He, he sure in, did. He sure did. And he was written, <laughs> it was written in the script that he, that he would have that glow up. And it was just kind of like taking it to an element of like, I wanted, okay. There's not like a lot of grounding always in the show. And I think that he was one of the characters that I wanted to be kind of more grounded in reality of like Charleston, South Carolina, the South, which mm. is, you see a lot of those polos and like pleated pants that are like Brooks Brothers and things. But like the goofy, silly versions of them were like an Oliver Squirrel pattern or like, you know, pickleballs and um rackets and things like that right um, like the real world exists outside the compound exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and so like for this outfit um yeah this is head to toe versace versace <laughs> you know i still think that there is moments with him that we can have a little bit of fun in that surrealist like gemstony over the top look so we have like the intro scene where he's like opening up to the church and he's wearing that pink blazer with that Gucci, uh, like floofy little like pirate top. And he has like his own personal accents and every earring he wears generally matches his outfit. So those are, that earring is changing all the time. It's like, <laughs> I didn't notice that yet. I need to go but, back. <laughs> yeah. It, but it's like, I don't know why I did that to myself and my costumers, those four things. It's just like, all right, pink, all right, green, all right, yellow, all right. And we're just like every day. Or like, with, you know, you're, in one day you're shooting like a bunch of episodes. So you're just like, okay, sorry, we're changing your earring every. So yeah, um, uh, he loves that earring. He does. He does. And he's <laughs> such a, he's so great and game and he was just so fun to work with. And uh, his wardrobe, yeah, it was very, very over the top, but some elements of grounding that you see throughout the show, not, not, not like crazy, but there was like, you know, I would say 30, 40% of his wardrobe was definitely like kind of based in reality of like the South. I'm from the right. South. So like, 
men wear pastels in the South and it's like no big deal. So right. we're wearing pastels everywhere because literally who cares? But, you know, that's like the stampede with like the Bermuda, khaki Bermuda shirts. Yeah, maybe we need to take some more style cues from BJ, honestly. Honestly. <laughs> and then how would you describe Keith's wardrobe? He is so funny to me. Keith, I would say, leans into that like goth, like, I don't know. I mean, Keith is definitely very hands-on. We, you know, immediately hit it off and like exchanged phone numbers. So like, it was like, uh, he would be texting me and be like, what do you think about this? And oh my God, this is so funny. And he he was just so fun to work with. He's very um, invested and he has a lot of his own ideas. So, you know, um, the cropping of the shirts and things like that, that was specifically for Keith because he wanted to have like this element. There is an element of like, you know, there is a bit of sexiness to him, you know? Um, yeah. We played with that a lot. Like this outfit, for example, is just like, even though it's like teen and parent night um, t-shirt, those shorts are literally parachute. And I'm not saying parachute MC hammer. Those are, if you got trapped in a parachute, fell to the ground and wore it on a runway, that's what those pants are. They're like parachute meshy. And it literally looks like you're walking around inside of a trapped parachute. So like <laughs> those subtle, like things that not subtle, not so subtle things that you could do um with him and add little fashion elements of course i brought in some rick owens you know it's like right Owens is like perfect for him so he's very like you know based in that like sexy goth world and then as he goes into this um when he gets kicked out of the church and he leaves danny really wanted him to be very stripped down and bare so you see a transition of him where he's wearing just you know carhartt like lowly workwear clothing and uh that was hard for me. Oh, you know, yeah. It was hard for us to be and keep <laughs> like, okay, so like t-shirt jeans. And then, okay, cool. Can we get back to the fun stuff now? So right. Keith uh, is the heart. We live for Keith. He's so Keith. He's so funny. He's such a beautiful <laughs> person. Again, he is like another, like I can't say enough about these actors. I am so fortunate. He is again, like if you even follow him on Instagram, like he's just a, just a beautiful human being so um it was so fun working with him and like collaborating with him on it and then of course we have amber gemstone and she's just a style icon i would say she just always looks put together every single time we see her and she just never misses i would say with her costumes yeah she definitely is a gorgeous bombshell and i mean it's like, it was so fun working with her as well. And this season I wanted to kind of elevate her look and kind of lean her more into this like head of the church. Like, especially because you can see now going back in the, uh, the flashback episode uh, where she came in and her storyline, she came in so early. Mm -hmm. So she would have had a lot of that like um, interactions with Amy Lee and like learning how to, you know, be this like beacon of the church. Um, right. you don't generally know in season one and two. So um, having that and then again, her like elevation of like becoming, you know, the head of the church with the siblings. But also there's this whole like aspect of like, I wish you could just put tape on the mouth of the siblings and like them basically her. Yeah, <laughs> I think, you know, you know, secretly she kind of just wants to like be her and her and Jesse. So or not so secret. So, like <laughs> playing with that and like, elevating her look i wanted to bring her into like balmain chanel like a lot of those like saint john like elevated beautiful like saint john like really has some beautiful pieces for that kind of aesthetic so um I, I i added a lot of shoulder pads to her stuff to kind of give her this like very structured like don't fuck with me i'm a bad bitch um <laughs> and then you know within all that there still has to be the element of you know, Danny really likes that she is um, has this like mafia like wife element to her. So there's some nods to that. There's still like a very much of a sexually sexy like um, power powerhouse of a woman. So a lot of that was that. And then, you know, when I had some moments, for example, like this one uh, where she's doing the system, uh, the the concept with this specific wardrobe is I really wanted her to kind of look a lot like Amy Lee. Uh, that's when she's going to, you know, she's presenting herself out to the world. And I think that this is when, you know, she wants to look like this, like, you know, 
heartfelt, beautiful, powerful woman. Um, and I, you know, I think we did that very well with that like 80s uh, thing. And as you can tell, there's some shoulder pads. Yeah, <laughs> you said it perfectly. <laughs> she's just like sexy, but at the same time, you don't want to fuck with her because she's probably super strapped too and will yeah. blow you away real quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Dr. Eli Gemstone, played by the John Goodman. Uh, good for him. He's semi-retired this season. So he's kind of giving a little bit, you know, vacation vibes, I would say. He's a little bit more loose and just kind of hanging out, except when he's in his interesting pistol group meetings, which we talked about those capes. They're gorgeous. So tell me about Dr. Gemstone. Um, so, yeah, thank you for noticing. You're kind of one of the first people that kind of caught that. So his the concept with Eli is that I wanted to force like I really wanted it to, the viewer to see that he is leaning into retirement. So. You know, we have a lot of linens, a lot of cottons, a natural blend fabrics. I think, you know, growing up in the South, um, we all know that it's incredibly hot. So like you're going to see people wearing a lot more lighter fabrics. Um, you know, with that comes its own problems because linen always wrinkles. So it's like, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I'm like, it's, it is like, I'm glad I did it. And I think that John is very glad we did it because he, you know, was finally in this position where he could not be melting. Right. He could wear some shirts and show some arms. Yeah. Like there's one (laughs) he's wearing like a three piece like um, linen set that's like from Banana Republic that very much looks like something the guy from the Jurassic Park would wear. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Harmon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so glad we did it happy that it happened but was it a challenge for me to kind of like say oh god is that a wrinkle and even now I can see it on um when I watch the show it's not as bad and I generally think the viewers do not probably notice it but I'm so hyper aware that I'm like oh my god the wrinkles is there a wrinkle but yeah, I think it was ultimately a good choice. I think it does really. I mean, I love this photo on the left. I think, look at him. He looks incredible. He looks happy. And I actually teared up during this scene seeing him and his sister. I was like, don't make me cry. We're not supposed to be doing that. I know. How could you? It's interesting. I feel like this season and just generally, even most of the shows with Danny, I feel like this one is there's something more, there's another layer to this season, something more like beautiful and more kind and like, like family oriented that I haven't ever seen on the show or other shows with him. That's an interesting perspective to kind of watch or watch and like, you know, you're like, they're like they love each other. And I never felt that before. Like I felt, you know, so. Yeah. There's um, some heart this season. There is, there is. He's getting, I mean, there always is, but it's always a little bit more buried under all the, the drama. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I just, I wasn't originally going to bring up this specific look, but Amy Lee's watermelon look, I just, I'm obsessed with it. It's <laughs> just what, where did this come from? That is a custom uh, play suit that I basically found this dress. I wanted to do like, you know, it's the 4th of July. I wanted to do like, what would a woman in the 4th of July in the South, like what would she wear? And I just think like watermelons, like it's just like (laughs) so accurate. So it was like, this was a dress. And of course we had to make like 12 of these. So uh, I was like, okay, what could we do to like put this element of the watermelon in? But then I wanted to bring in this like romper play suit. So that is actually a pattern we bought on Etsy patched together with doing a lot like this is another one where it was like oh shit we need 12 and we are like running all over trying to find the amount of fabric to make this thing work and the pantsuit with it being white would be really great with the fact that it's a night thing so you would see her glowing throughout as she's running through and then of course that you know the touch of the red cowboy boot really came together and yeah I love this outfit I think it's really great it's kind of a nod to my best friend who uh you know inspired this outfit like it's just like she is so when I I said it to her I'm like this is you it's just so like <laughs> you can't be southern like I just love it it's one of my favorite outfits of the season for sure it's so good it needs to be a museum but I'm ready to talk about my favorite costume probably from the entire three seasons are you ready? 
You probably already know. It's it Baby be. Billy. It better be. <laughs> it's Baby Billy's look when he's a resident performer at Zion's Landing. And his dreams of becoming a television personality are starting to show through. I am obsessed with this costume. It is just perfect, museum-worthy, Emmy-worthy, all the things. I'm obsessed with it. So please tell me about this look. Sure, sure. So um, with this one, uh, the concept was I really wanted to do a pay homage to like uh, Wayne Newton, um, Liberace was heavily influenced in this. And so, you know, initially when I got the script, it was like Baby Billy is singing by the pool and like somebody jumps in the water, bada bing, bada boom, and we move on. And I was like, how can I make this insane costume and pitch it to Danny and kind of like, you know, pray for the best Hail Mary, here we go. So I did some illustrations and it started as a cape. And then I was like, I don't want to do a cape that's been done. I'm ready to do something different. And then it was like, what about a stationary shell? I think that it would be weird. It would be uncomfortable. It's like, you know, the way he would move would be like so awkward. And I think it's a really funny thing to do with his character because he just takes himself way too seriously. And it's like, <laughs> it's like bringing his ass down a few notches. Um, and I just think it was just like, I don't know, it's beautiful. And so, you know, I have to say, you know, big shout outs to, you know, Kelly Rose, who brought the shell to life, like just like worked endlessly on this thing. I still think it's like hanging on a mannequin. Actually, I know for a fact it's hanging on a mannequin in the office, still just like waiting for us to come back. And like, <laughs> we were like, can we make these into dog beds? Like, what can we do? <laughs> no. This one needs to be in a museum somewhere. No, um, it's so incredible. Um. And then, yeah, Agra Moon, who like tailored it down and like, you know, dealt with all my shit where I'm like, can we, I know we're just like, can we just like add like sleeves and crystals to the sleeves and oh, wait, how about a little bit more and this and that and this. So um, it's like, it's like for me, I, I love this costume. It's one of my favorite costumes I've ever designed in general. Um, and it's going to be hard to top this for myself, even it's going to be a challenge. So I can't wait. It's going to push me to the next yeah, well, I mean, I'm excited to see what comes from that, but it is just so good. It was to me, it was giving like Botticelli, the birth of Venus vibes a little bit, which is so funny to me. It was so ridiculous. And it's like, <laughs> he's this like, I keep seeing on the internet that people are calling it a clamshell. And I'm like, it's Ugh. an oyster shell, guys. It's yeah, an come oyster on. shell. Come do you, on. Do you guys not um, know the difference? <laughs> I know. I'm like, come on. He's the pearl. Like, come on. So um, I love this costume so much. He loved it. It was like, and with the hair and the like sunburned face. And, and, and then just when he walks in the scene and he walks into the room and he's just like pushing it closed to like go talk to Aunt Tiffany. It's so sad. <laughs> Stupid. He and he's wearing it later without the shell too when Jesse comes by. So I'm like, oh, so he's wearing this for like all of his performances. Yes, like it's his <laughs> uniform look that he has to wear. And it's like, oh, and then like it's just like weird churchy resort. It's it's just so funny. Uh I need like my own version that I could wear to like the costume designer guild awards or something. It is <laughs> yes. just so good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interlude three is very sweet it has a lot of emotional storytelling and just great costume design uh, for the gemstones you're seeing a y2k panic and a change in fashion for some of them meanwhile may may's family is almost kind of giving you a little bit more period look they're definitely not right at that level yet um so tell me about this episode i was really struck by it so yeah so basically we were leaning into you know what you know, the great thing about this is going back to that initial interview with Danny, where it was like, can I do the Jinkos? So as you can tell, there are Jinkos and, you know, the character Trent, he is wearing them. And I think it was like, for me, it was my era, my time, like when I was in school. So I could very much like see these characters so fluidly to me because I like, they like represented like certain pockets of people in my, in my school. So, you know, it was very relatable, very <laughs> relatable and also very like fun to do in the way that like, you knew that people were going to see this and be like, what the f literal hell is going on here? So like <laughs> Danny, you know, it's very like, Fred Durst, Eminem, 50 Cent, Ja Rule. Like it was like, 
Um, you know, we had like those two that two piece pant set with the Nautica like like mock neck turtleneck thing that he's wearing. That's like that yellow Nautica shirt. And then you know, there's a lot of Fubu, um, South Pole, um, <laughs> and like that dark man. Like when he was wearing that like dark man like thing, and he had that Fubu like yes track suit on, and he like just jumps off the ledge and he like kicks his feet up. It's like kissing <laughs> ourselves. So um, he was a lot of. Yeah, a nod to like that, like Fred Durst, too cool. Like even the hat, like was very Fred Durst. So um, that was his vibe. Judy is very like, you know, you know, Britney Spears, very like, you know, pushing that like envelope of like heightened, 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 like what she would see on the cover of a pop magazine. So it's like handkerchief top, Um you know, Which is funny because that's kind of what she ends up doing now later when she's gained into her success. Exactly. It's like a nod to like that, you know, because we did shoot this episode um, was like one of the first episodes that we actually started shooting. So it was like, you know, we could play with that. And then our little baby Kelvin is um, even Stevens. So that was <laughs> a reference for him with like the little puka shells and the little like, you know, t- um, Hawaiian print shirts and stuff. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Amy Lee, I think that we just I really wanted to elevate her like money and things like that. And she's like, you know, into that, you know, she made a bunch of money from the Y2K Panic stuff. So there's like she's got some like Chanel, again, vintage designer pieces on. Um, and, you know, the 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 Montgomery is I did a film about snake handlers um like years back called them that follow that went to sundance and it was very much like in that same realm where it was like olivia coleman and weirdly walton goggins was in it so oh hello um, (laughs) it was kind of like walton goggins character was very similar to steve zong's character in this film so i'd already had like that experience and that like love for that subculture so it was like yeah, it was just really exciting to kind of be able to do that again. There's something beautiful about those rural, like, you know, Appalachian type people and that style and aesthetic of like adding a lot of denims and stuff um, that you see. And even like Steve Zahn has like this double headed snake belt. And then also the finale with his outfit that I have to say that I live for. I just freaking love raising Arizona and I wanted <laughs> to like make a nod to that with the pantyhose that like Nick Cage is wearing when he's running right. that show is kind of like, it's the same kind of vibe it's the same humor where it's like it's supposed to be serious but it's not and it was definitely the concept I was going for with Steve Zahn um, when he robs the bank so um love that and I just like really wanted to show that I do that a lot with films that I like want to show some kind of nod to like other um it's so funny you say that too because i was thinking i was like the pantyhose i was like man dude you can't find a ski mask but i mean why would he of course it's perfect for his character it's like it's like it's like you know like it's so like you can see how goofy he is and how he's just kind of like lost and shit and he has no idea what he's doing and and i think that uh the pantyhose mask is a lost art i feel like you know we we were always doing like with all the horror films you've got shit and we did so many with the doomsday preppers like there's so many crazy masks that we built um but this one i just wanted to be simple and stupid and like i don't know are these people getting away with these pantyhose masks like do you really can you really not tell who they are i don't know so yeah <laughs> We need to bring back the pantyhose mask. Okay, you know, Halloween, here we go. <laughs> well, Christina, this has been so much fun, and I could talk about the show forever. Unfortunately, there's no more episodes until this weekend, so I don't yeah. have anything else, but we're going to have to do a part two. Oh, yeah. I would love to ask you, you know, what has this season meant to you, Righteous Gemstones? It's a huge project, and you've really shown through in it. Thank you. I think that I feel like going back to feeling very fortunate that I have gotten to work with somebody who I admire. And, you know, it's it's really beautiful when you work with somebody that, you know, is so talented, so dedicated to their craft that you, I don't know, like, it's like, it's like, you're like, it's like a child of like, oh, I'm so lucky. And then, you know, I am so fortunate, so incredibly fortunate to my incredible crew who just like, from the freaking beginning, they were just on it. And we were just super like, it was a match made in heaven. And, you know, I, 
it's when everything, it's when the stars align. This is the project that was the stars aligning for me. And I'm just so fortunate and like really, really happy. So yeah, I mean, it's like, let's go. What's next for me? I'm very excited to see like, let me off the chain. Give me some crew and some money. Where can I go? Let's <laughs> Give her some it. money, everybody. Clearly she goes crazy with it and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Christina Flattery, thank you so much for joining me. This has been such a joy and I can't wait to see the rest of this show. I mean, my Sunday plans are wide open right now. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast, here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome TeePublic merch with the Blogcast logo. We have shirts, sweaters, coffee mugs, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thank you for all of your support. She's amazing. I am obsessed with her. Just such a brilliant costume designer. And season three was just amazing. There were so many great costumes. Yeah. And I'm bummed that we did the interview before the season finale came out with Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. Those were so many great costumes too. (laughs) Like, Like every season has been like incredible top tier. Yeah. Amazing costumes. But this season in particular, it was just like look after look after look after look. I think because they're trying so much harder yeah. <laughs> in this third season, like except for Eli, like he's chill as anything like you all were talking about. Yeah, he's just but in like, like loose pants. But the siblings are just like throwing out all the stops, just trying to earn some respect around here. They really are. And it is hilarious. <laughs> Um, I actually did uh, message Christina just right before we got on air, just trying to get some more information about baby Billy's Bible bonkers. And I just said, like, what can you tell me about like those golden costumes? And she responded that the breakdancing Bible bonkers boys, those are all custom. She and her team yes. like, worked together to make all those brilliant costumes. <laughs> she sent me some good pictures too, but I can't share them, but I can share with you though incredible incredible (laughs) oh my gosh i loved what she was saying like that she prefers to like shop and i was like yeah that makes sense and like this is the perfect show for it especially like if they have the money to get dolce and gabbana like yeah absolutely go for it yeah but when they do when they do make custom pieces like the breakdancing guys like (laughs) the big capes for that weird thing pistol organization the That's... pistol preachers <laughs> weirdness like it it adds so much yeah. it's brilliant it's so funny um oh my gosh one of my favorite costumes is seeing bj and like the all versace when he's at the tennis court <laughs> it's just like it's, it's so elevated and, but it's just yeah. so ridiculous you know <laughs> and it, it's so funny because like like this season they're all trying to be something they're not And like, especially BJ, he's like trying to fit into this family. And he's actually like kind of asserting himself Mm -hmm. for the first time, which I'm like, you go, BJ. Like (laughs) you just of all the people here, you deserve this nice life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So it's fun. But I think we should play our favorite game and figure out what some of our favorite costumes are. Absolutely. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. Um, Elizabeth, what was your one costume to rule them all? From all let's right. just say all all three seasons. We talked to Christine about season three, but we watched all three seasons in preparation for this episode. So what were your favorite costumes? 
I am so glad you said that, Spencer, because my one costume to rule them all is actually from season two. Oh, okay. Because I just thought it was so hilarious. It is uh, BJ's baptism romper. Oh, of course. The pink. (laughs) (laughs) The pink velvet romper with the lapels and the cummerbund and the bow tie. And it's like, this is just like the most wild baptism I've ever seen to begin with. I've never seen anything like that. (laughs) I was jealous. It makes me want to have a baptism. If they're like this, it's, it's nothing like that. I like I got baptized like a little spontaneously because at the time I was going to a church that just like did baptisms every Wednesday. So I was like, might as well. Um, so it was just so wild. And like the way he like tears it off when he's having like his little fit. I'm like man (laughs) bj this is not you buddy i totally support this decision it's such a great costume i just i love the way that feels like you know judy's just kind of dressing up her little bj yeah and like this most ridiculous her little ken doll yeah literally (laughs) it's just such interesting taste level literally sometimes i'm like the i'm just ken song was made for bj (laughs) like (laughs) oh for vj well my favorite costume to rule them my one costume to rule them all was actually in season three i love baby billy's there will be a payday look he wears to zion's landing yeah blue like <laughs> birth of venus oh my gosh uh, the oyster costume because baby billy is clearly seeing himself as the pearl everyone needs to look at him and it's just so ridiculous i love that blue he's barely able to move in this thing because it's so over the top and it's just hilarious and i just i want this costume so bad i've never had like a more i want to cosplay as baby billy like this is my comic-con costume my halloween costume i want this costume it's so good i want to see this spencer oh my (laughs) gosh I thought like this would be Billy's like ideal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But then when he's like Bible bonkers, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's never satisfied. No, he's uh, not. But there's so many great costumes through all three seasons. I mean, we could go through every season and I could pick a couple, honestly. And like the in the flashbacks, whenever there's a flashback, oh yeah. I'm always like blown away by the costumes. Because oh, yeah. they're just like they're so perfectly like like curated to like the time period. They're like just like flashy and tacky enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, it's always such great flashbacks. And season three, there's like a 2000, what was that, Y2K inspiration a little yes. bit. It's just so much fun and if you guys aren't watching this show i mean by this point i assume you are because you've gone this far in a podcast but yeah watch the show it just got renewed for season four so hopefully so after excited. these strikes are over we could you know everyone will get back to work yeah um so who knows when we'll see season four but i'm just excited that there's still more because as much as the show is funny there's also so much heart to it and i just love yeah. Like this family dynamic of, you know, Kelvin finally becoming who he wanted to be and Judy, like kind of being humbled a little bit and Mm -hmm. Jesse becoming this family man. And I just I want to see everyone reconnect with Eli a little bit in the end because they're so mean to him. I know. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for Gideon and Eli's storyline oh, yeah. next year. Because <laughs> after that last scene, I was like, oh, things are about to go down. Yeah, they definitely are a good pair. Uh, and that is the Righteous Gemstones. And yes. Elizabeth, I was so excited to say that that means we're moving into our favorite season of the year. Everybody. It is spooky season. (laughs) And for spooky season, we are coming back every single week. We are. We have a banger episode for every week of October. And I mean banger episodes. I think every film and show that we picked are just all top notch. And we even kind of bleed into November a little bit, honestly. We stay pretty spooky for a minute. Yeah. And I am even more excited 
for the interviews we have. Oh, yeah. This spooky season. And Spencer, what interview of yours is kicking off spooky season? I'm very, very, very excited about this interview uh, to share with you all because it actually means a lot to me, this interview, um, because, you know, we've talked about our heroes in costume design, these legends, and we don't always get to talk to them. But for me, I got to talk to one of my costume design heroes. Uh, that is costume designer Aggie Rogers, and she has worked on just a couple incredible films such as Return of the Jedi, the third Star Wars movie, Beetlejuice, The Color Purple, Rent. I mean, we are talking about actual icon status. And she took the time to sit down with me for, I think, over an hour. And we just talked about her incredible career. And it was very moving. We talked about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, finally. Finally! <laughs> Which I was so excited about. Um She's worked with Francis Ford Coppola, Tim Burton, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas. She's the real deal. And you're all going to fall in love with her. And I'm just so excited for you all to get a little insight into the world of Aggie Rogers. It'll be lots of fun. And the best way to kick off spooky season, because we really get we really take a dive into Beetlejuice, which is the original intent. Like she is quite literally the costume designer between behind some of your favorite Halloween costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So everybody, please join us next week for that incredible interview. And if you would like to share with us your one costume to rule them all for Righteous Gemstones, you can leave us a little voicemail at 626-515-1826 or email us at theartacostume at gmail.com. And if in between now and then you just need a little bit more content from us, you can follow us at the Art of Costume pod on Instagram, at the Art of Costume on TikTok. If you're getting chilly, get a sweatshirt with the updated the <laughs> Art of Costume pod merchandise at theartofcostume.com slash pod store. And if you liked what you heard... And you love us. We would really, really appreciate a five-star text review on Apple Podcast. And or, you know, like, tell a friend. Just just pass pass us on. We're an ever-growing community, a costume cult, so to say. So we're always accepting yes. new friends. So come on in. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, I we will see you on the other side in spooky season. I'm so excited. Oh, we get to do that fun, like, spooky season intro in our episodes. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I love David's spooky intro. David? David? What is wrong with me? <laughs> Daniel. Oh, man. He's I've been watching Shit's Creek all day. <laughs> Jeez. All right, Sorry, everyone. Daniel. <laughs> we'll see you next week. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com/podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. 